up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio, episode 21, season 5. The kids are alright. I am Jim Eichhorn, and I'm joined by Boy Wonders, Patrick Allen, and Jack Smith, as we might off to the back week. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure you give us a, a subscription. Set an alert. This way you get all uh, an alert for all of our future episodes ahead of time. Feel free to drop a comment. Interact during the episode. We we welcome that. Uh, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well. Uh, yeah, Trev. Positive. A second positive episode in uh, in two weeks coming up. The Flyers aren't the only ones on a winning streak here. Apparently, HW is on a streak as well. Uh, Flyers are 2-0-1 in their last three games and could not have come at a worse time <laughs> <laughs> to start picking up points. Uh, you know, a, a big win over Buffalo, uh, a, la- a literally last-second loss to Carolina. They could be 3-0 and in their last three games, uh, pick up a point in overtime, and then a, a resounding 6-3 win over the Florida Panthers last night. Uh you got any words for what's happening right now? Is this typical Flyers, like just to start doing this at the, the wrong time? It's very typical Flyers. We saw this last season as well. If they would have lost that last game of the season against the Penguins, we probably would have had Shane Wright in the yeah. lottery draft. We went on a little run at the end of last season. We saw Morgan Frost get hot, Owen Tippett, Noah Cates were playing good. It seems like it's the same thing we're having this year, uh, this season. Yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable. So I want to talk about a, a couple things here. I mean, Twitter, I, I think I'm wondering if there's kind of been a change uh, ever since the Chuck Fletcher thing, right? Maybe things were shaken up a little bit because, you know, from from kind of what we were hearing the last couple, maybe let's say last year, was there were some guys that weren't too keen on Chuck Fletcher, you know, and I don't care how much John Tortorella, you know, comes out and says these positive things about Chuck Fletcher. Now, it's my opinion that he's not necessarily he was never crazy for maybe he liked Chuck Fletcher, the guy, not so much Chuck Fletcher, the GM. And uh, I think Chuck's moves kind of are counter to what Tortorella has in mind for for this roster. You know what I mean? I'm going to cut you off for one second. If I hear one more time that Chuck Fletcher is a decent guy, I'm going to blow my head off. (laughs) Tired of hearing it. Go ahead. Is it it out of line, you think? Is it just this made-up narrative to make him look good? I think so. I do. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, that, that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Like right around when things kind of started to heat up, you started to hear, you know, Chuck's a, a great guy. <laughs> he's this, he's that. It's kind of interesting, isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. It's like, it's like when, you know, you, you're going to, well, I don't, I, I was going to compare it to a breakup, but honestly, I kind of think it's cliche when, when guys on <laughs> sports podcasts, you know, compare things to, you know, breaking up with a girl or whatever it is. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, what I do want to do, is I want to talk about some of these kids, right? Owen Tippett, hat trick against the Buffalo Sabres. I think it was last Friday. This guy's the, I don't want to say he's the real deal, but Owen Tippett's having himself a breakout year. Five points in his last three games uh, for Owen Tippett. Uh, 21 goals, 18 assists in 65 games this year. Uh, has been heating up again. Uh, lately, went a couple games without a goal. Uh, talk about Owen Tippett and, and what he could potentially mean for the future of the Philadelphia Flyers. I had this thought today 
And I really just, I want to uh, continue to see him play with Frost, but I'm hoping Konechny can get some games back and they can find a way to put the three of them on a line. Now someone's going to have to play left wing and who knows if Tippett can do that. We saw Konechny do that a little bit in his rookie season. Didn't put up a total points, but the possession numbers were there. It might be worth a try at the end of the season just because of, you look at the depth chart, we're a lot better um, on the right side than we are the left. I think it's an experiment worth trying. As for Owen Tippett's play as of late, absolute domination, and I love that Tortorella keeps giving him more and more ice time. Um, he kind of does it all. We're seeing him continue to get better defensively. Torch is putting him on the penalty kill now that Konechny's hurt. Um, I haven't loved his penalty killing, but I think it's worth a try, and I keep. I hope that they keep trying it um, now that they're kind of out of things. Um, his line mate Morgan Frost is playing well too, but Tippett's really like the whole package. The defense keeps getting better. The wheels, we keep uh, – I feel like half the locker room said it in post-game interviews last week. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. Dude's got an absolute bomb of a wrist shot. Um, I, I I hope that he continues to keep playing like this, and I'm really curious what his ceiling is because it seems like each game he keeps getting better and better. He can shoot. That's for damn sure. And that was one of the questions about him in the off season. Uh, and I'll speak for myself because when I'm right, I like to make a big deal about things, <laughs> but when I'm wrong, you know, I, I think you're supposed to own up to it being wrong. So Owen Tippett, when I heard he needs to work on his shot and I'm like, well, this guy's supposed to be known for his shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, and, and what you heard was he was working with the shooting specialist. He was making, he had to make his shot more deceptive, yada, yada. I was very bearish on Owen Tippett heading into the season. Uh, the, the guy's been great. I mean, this, so the Claude Giroux deal ends up being, a, I think a pretty big win for the Flyers. You know, not, not only do you get that first round pick, next year and Florida doesn't look as great as you know they did last year but now you have a piece in Owen Tippett that I think that you can count on you know for the next uh, bunch of years here at least the next handful I mean he's signed for next year you know God willing he, he improves again now he's got another contract with the Flyers uh, since Travis Konechny has been hurt uh, which was on February 20th against Calgary Owen Tippett's averaged over 20 minutes of ice time a night. The only two, I'm sorry, he only received less than 20 minutes of ice time. The seven nothing lost to Jersey, uh, and then this past weekend, the, the last, the two out of the three games uh, that they've just played, he received 20. Uh, he received 16 minutes, 20 minutes, 18 minutes. The 16 minutes was the night he scored the hat trick. Go figure. So, I don't know. He's he's fun to watch. You know what I mean? When he has the puck on his stick, he looks to make something happen. And, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see a guy push the puck down the ice uh, like that for once with the Flyers. It's been, you know, I think Voracek was was the guy that used to kind of do that. But it looks like Tippett might have some of that uh, that killer mentality where he, where he goes to the net and tries to put the puck on goal type thing, you know, where Voracek would look to pass first kind of deal. So mm-hmm. excited for, for Owen Tippett. Um, Five points in his last three games I mentioned. Another guy I want to talk about here is Noah Cates. And another guy, I I don't want to say that I was wrong about Noah Cates. I just didn't really have too much 
expectation for him heading into this year. Trev, what the, the like the Flyers were due for a guy like this, right? Yeah, right? Where you don't really expect much, and it's like, okay, they have a piece here. You want to talk about Nell Cates? Just on your last point there, maybe this is the hockey gods kind of helping us out because I think him and Limblom were kind of supposed to be similar players. Mm. And that didn't end up happening for obvious reasons, but maybe the hockey gods are helping us out here. Yeah, like you said, you didn't have high expectations coming in the season for him. I did, and I actually really wasn't very happy with his play at the beginning of the year just because he wasn't providing much offense. And there was a streak in maybe November or December where like, it was like three games in a row where you look at a goal and you say, that's all Noah Cates. He missed his man. But like ever since then, he's been like locked down defensively. Like you couldn't ask for more from the guy and the offense. It took a little bit to get going. Um, it kind of seemed like when they moved Hayes down and they put Cates on the top line with Konechny, who he's not in that first line role anymore. But when they did that move, Something switched, and he's been putting up decent points. Not anything crazy, not you know breaking down any walls, but the offense has gotten better and better as the season's going on. So from a whole season perspective, I know we got a little bit to go here, but I wasn't happy at first. I was a little bit disappointed, but things have gotten a lot better as the season's going on, and we're hearing a lot of comparisons about him. We talked about People are comparing them to Mike Richards. I don't see that, but maybe a, a young Coots, a shutdown Coots. I could see that. And you also got to say he is 24. So how much better can he actually get? I think that's I think that's a valid, uh, not criticism, but a valid yeah. thing to question. How much is he going to get better? It's not like he's 19, 20 years old, just coming out of junior hockey, spent a year in the AHL or whatever that is. He's older than most rookies, kind of like Matt Reed to, to think about it. But um, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm concerned about that, but it is a question when you're talking about comparisons because that's all anybody wants to do these days. But as of right now, going into next year, I have no problem penciling him in as my shutdown center on the third line. Yeah, and that's pretty amazing considering, you know, what he, what people were assuming or thinking before the season started. So through 86 NHL games, Noah Cates has 40 points, and he's a plus uh, 12, plus 8 on this season alone, which is a miracle in and of itself, uh -huh. right? I mean, the way the Flyers are giving up goals and whatnot. I know plus – and I know people want to say yada yada about plus minus, but when you're a plus 8 – on a team that's been as bad as the Flyers yep. who can't score goals, you know, it means, you, you know, if, if you're, you know, if, the, if your team's putting in goals while you're on the ice more times than they're getting scored on, there's something to say about that. I think, especially when you're the guy that has a, a huge hand in doing so, you know? Uh, so good point by you actually, there, mentioning his age, 24 years old. So that's important to remember, I think for fans, um, how so skill wise maybe he doesn't get so much better maybe he adjusts a little bit more to the nhl as he, as he gains more experience mm -hmm. but you would imagine somewhere like maybe after next year when he turns 26 starts to plateau a little bit as far as you know getting better skill wise and you know it could just be you know he is what he is and hey if, if this is it 
that's perfectly Still fine. Still a good player, yeah. Yeah, as your third-line center. And I'll tell you what, I was watching him last night. He's got a little bit of a, a little attitude to his game that I don't think we've seen necessarily come out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's another element to Noah Cates that we haven't seen. And I don't know, maybe it'll come out a little bit more as the season finishes up or you know, heading into next year. But... You know, I was thinking a little bit. You mentioned the Couturier and the Richards comparisons. No one, I, he's not going to be Mike Richards. I don't even think you're allowed to be Mike Richards these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, that dude yeah. was a killer with the open ice hits. Noah Cates, I haven't seen one of those yet. No, no. So, you know, take away the open ice hits. But I saw a little bit of uh, from Noah Cates last night, where it's, you know, that little bit of FU attitude, you know, while he's finishing some plays or you know, whatever around, uh, you know, around bodies and whatnot, but it was interesting. So I'm like, okay, is there, is there more to Noah Cates than, than meets the eye here? Is there going to be, you know, some more that we can see from him as he, as he kind of grows as a player in the NHL? Um, but yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on Noah Cates, but those are two guys that, you know, we can count on for next year. And this is all kind of leading up to one of our, our, our other topics. John Tortorella obviously had a you know, uh, after practice press conference a couple days ago and hinted at a couple of things. So we're working our way there. We're getting there. Uh, a guy that you wanted to talk about, Trav, Mr. Joel Farabee seems Either. to be back. Okay. Touch on Joel a little bit. Even like past the three game, he's got uh, three goals in his last three games, a goal in each, yeah. but even past that, he started playing well. He started uh, getting some scoring chances. The Detroit game sticks out the most in my head he had a couple of grade a chances got robbed on him the guy's been awesome lately um i don't really know why now as opposed to earlier um i've talked about the surgery on the show a couple of times give the guy a year it's probably going to be an off season for him you look at tyler johnson last year you look at jack eichel last year they weren't the same player coming off that injury i said come on give joel some time you we have to use the data that's already been presented to us. It was probably going to take Joel a little bit to get going. I don't know if he's fully healthy now. Uh, maybe he's gotten stronger as the season going on. I'm not completely sure what the dynamic is, but the guy's playing really good hockey right now. I like him uh, when he plays with Frost and Tippett. I think that could be a future line for this team. Um, but yeah, he's playing really well. Yeah, you mentioned it. Three goals in his last three games. Um, and, and on five shots, by the way. So, you know, he's making them count. He's getting the ice time. You know, the power play time is, is starting to tip up a little bit. He's obviously playing on the PK. Uh, the, but the ice time has has gone up considerably uh, since he was benched against Calgary, played less than four minutes, played 10 minutes the game before, and then 12 minutes after that game. Uh, but since then, you know, maybe maybe it worked. Yeah. He's been playing uh, over 15, 16 minutes a night uh, with the exception of one game against Tampa Bay and, and then again against Buffalo. But 23 years old, and I, I think it says more to where the Flyers fan base is as a whole right now. It's just everything's, you know, everything's miserable. And, you know, trade every, everyone's in the trade everybody, you know, mentality. Everyone's just over the losing. Understandable. Um, but, you know, the guys that we've talked about so far, Owen Tippett's 24. Noah Cates is 24. Joel Farabee's only 23 years old. Uh, like you said, and I firmly believe this, this he's going to have a massive offseason, Joel Farabee. Um, 
You know, you remember what Giroux said before he was traded. Farabee's got a chance. I don't know how realistic or how serious <laughs> he was being about this because I think maybe there was a little bit of BS in there, like, you know, put put high expectations on him. But he did say it that, you know, if anyone was going to break some of his records, it would be Joel Farabee. And Farabee kind of has that attitude. He kind of has that air about him a little bit, uh, which is good. You want a confident hockey player? Give him this offseason. Offseason, let him build back some muscle. I think we're looking at a 30-goal score, Joel Farabee, next year. I'm going to put it – I hate doing that, but I'm going to put a number. I think it's going to be uh, the Joel Farabee uh, revenge tour next year. I even, I'm doing all the cliches tonight. Brad. I hate <laughs> it. They're just flowing out of my mouth. Um, but, yeah, firmly believe that. I think Tortorella is going to do uh, Farabee a lot of good. Uh, I think he can press his buttons. I think you know those two kind of get along in that way. That was a good point Farabee you made that I – think of he's kind of really played well ever since he got benched i didn't yeah. really put two and two together yeah i remember his agent was spouting off and whatnot so yeah interesting stuff so you know the the title of the episode is the kids are all right and uh heading into the season i think that's what we were kind of hoping for you mm -hmm. know and uh as i mentioned we'll, we'll get to some of torts's comments uh later on in the show but let's get to another kid and this one um you know, people were talking about this guy today for uh, 29 points in his last 44 games, um, had eight points against Arizona this year in, in the two games he played, which is great. You know, it's not a knock. I mean, scoring four points against any team in the NHL is tough to do it twice is pretty. It's pretty awesome. So uh, Morgan Frost, I mean, we're talking about kids as long as this guy's been in the organization, as long as we've been talking about him, as long as, we, as we've been waiting is still just 24 years old, Trav. Uh, three points in his last two games, four points in his last four, two goals, two assists. Um, talk about Morgan Frost a little bit. Um, I don't want to be too negative, but a little bit too inconsistent for my liking as of late. Yeah. Um, lately it's been really good. Even like, when he's like, not putting up points, he's playing 200 foot game. He's creating chances. Um, there was a little stretch there a couple weeks ago where you weren't noticing him as much. Yep. Um, I don't know. I said this couple, who knows how long it was. I'm all in on the guy. I think he's going to be a really good NHL player. He's got to get these con this consistency out of his game, though, or it's never going to happen, and he's just going to be another Nick Cousins. Um, so we'll see where it goes. We got some games left. Torts is giving him ice time. He's letting him play with uh, the higher-skilled players on the team. Hope he continues to do that. Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, so I, I was kind of trying to count something up here because, you know, that's great. Somebody wanted to put out 29 points in the last 44 games. And I think, you know, the, they were talking about Tippett. So they're like, oh, don't forget who's been playing with Tippett. 29 points in your last 44 games sounds great. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at how many points and how many games Morgan Frost has scored since February 6th, it's not going to sound that great. It's been a lot of games and not a lot of points. Um, and so it kind of it kind of bothers me a little bit when people try to sneak that stuff in. Like, oh, Owen Tippett's playing great. You know, uh, 29 points in 40-whatever games. Morgan Frost has the same thing going on. And it's like, well, it's not, it's not really true, right? Because what you're doing is you're taking a handful, of, a handful of games where he scored a lot of points and you're kind of mashing them in with the last, you know, 15 games where he's 
not really scoring a lot of points. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, it comes back to the inconsistency. Um, you know, I think it was back in December uh, where, you know, we're, I was trying to juice him up. This, you know, Morgan Frost is the real deal. You know, if he can do this over an 82-game season, you know, he's probably a 60-point player, something like that, you know, 20-40 guy. But, uh, you know, you need to see it through you need to see it throughout the season you know and that's that's kind of been a thing with this flyers team throughout the last couple of years they don't have guys that can do it consistently and i think this will be morgan frost's first full nhl season so i'm gonna cut him some slack having said that like i'm not ready to give this guy like a three four year kind of deal thing it's like he's 23 i'll keep him around Let's give him a – I'm comfortable with a two-year deal for Morgan Frost, right? Tortorella's here for three more. If Frost can't figure it out by the time he's 25, you can move on. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. You can see – obviously, we all know that there's some skill there by now. It's can you do the right things consistently and do the wrong things less? You know, I think there's still some of that wrong stuff mixed in there on a, a night-to-night basis. If you watch Morgan Frost, if you pay attention, because he'll turn the puck over if you pressure him, or, you know, maybe he'll still try the... Uh, sometimes with the skill guys, they'll they'll try to do the fancy stuff, which ends up backfiring, instead of just doing the simple thing, you know, which I think sometimes he still gets uh, caught doing from time to time, and I'm sure it doesn't sit well with Tortorella. He doesn't seem like one of those guys that, you know, that likes to skill stuff like that, especially if you're going to mess it up. So, so uh, let, let me ask you this season, he's been a, you know, a second line center on a bad team. Maybe that equates to a third line center on a good team. Maybe. Um, what do you think? What do you think his ceiling is? Uh, it's, it's funny because I would say he's between a second and a third line. I don't trust him to be the second line guy. Okay. Like if you want to try him out next year, as the second line guy, that's fine. But he needs to prove that he can be that guy still, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. year, this year wasn't enough for me to say, yeah, pencil Morgan Frost in 2C next year. Uh, I think before the season, I said, you know, if Frost can hit 40 points, that's something to build on, you know? And he's at 35 right now through 69 games. He's got, what, 13 games to score five more points? Absolutely doable. Uh, and you know, I'll kind of stick to that. You know, it's something to build on to pencil him in. It would have needed, probably needed to be a 55 point season. You know what I mean? 50, 55 points to be like, all right, well you can count on Morgan Frost for points. Didn't look great all year long, but put up 55 points. If he cleans up a couple things, we have a second line, second line guy. Um, but 40 points was kind of like, all right, you can work with, of you know a 40 point season what can you turn him into next year you know next year can he prove that he can be the 2c guy can he put up 50 55 points next year you know what i'm saying like if he would have hit that number this year it would have accelerated things a little bit and i would have been more trusting he's just not a guy that i i can i feel like you can rely on yet i'm not ready to give him an extended contract just because of this season you know how about you mm-hmm. no i'm pretty much right there with you um, as much as I watch him, like I, 
I kind of think he might only end up being a third line center just because yeah. through all these years, he just hasn't been able to get the consistencies out of his game yet. Though this year has been a lot better than last year. Um, now last year he played a lot with Mayhew and Willman. So I think there is something to be said with that. It's true. Um, but yeah, it's tough to say just the inconsistencies are what drive me crazy. And there are, there are games like we kind of, I, in my opinion, we've seen it lately where he hasn't been putting up points the last week or two, um, but he was still playing well, at least I thought. Um, that I'm okay with, especially if you're playing on a third line. Like, I, I can deal with that. But if you're a second liner, like, you got to be putting up 50, 60 points in today's NHL, at least 50 points, at least. I'm looking at his last 19 games here. Uh, he's got four goals, four assists, mm-hmm. eight points. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, he went he went in a drought a couple weeks ago, and like yeah. he wasn't playing well. Lately, it's starting to tick up. The points we saw him make some good plays last night. Hopefully, gets on a little run here. Hopefully, yeah. they still lose the games. <laughs> got to get Bedard <laughs> here, but hopefully, he goes on a little run at the end of the year here. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, it is interesting because the Flyers, who have had a tough time scoring all season long, have, uh, you know, going back to the March 14th game against Vegas, they've scored three goals, five goals, four goals, six goals. So it's the definition of red hot if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, scoring <laughs> over three goals a game, four four straight games. So if if Frost only equates to a 40 point third line center, are you happy with that? No, nah. no, nah. no, I'm not. Because that's I no, that's no Kate's and you get the defense with that, you know. Yeah, that's true. That is true. He's, he's, I mean, through 86 games in his NHL career, he's got 40 points. So uh, it's a little bit more than a regular season, a regular season plus four games. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll take a guy like that over a guy like Morgan. I mean, 40 points for an offensive minded guy, in my opinion, is, is not, is not enough points to overcome the defensive deficiencies. Does that make sense? Yep. And that's not saying he's a bad defensive player. It's just saying if you're if all you're good at is offense, forty points doesn't really cut it for me. But one, I, go ahead. One thing I would like to see out of him is we saw in that little stint he had in his rookie season, the nineteen twenty season, AV's first year here, he was an absolute animal on the forecheck. And I don't know if that was AV's system, right? I mean, we saw Cube and we saw Pitlick and we saw a lot of these guys just absolutely harass teams on the forecheck. Frost was one of them guys. We see that. That's another thing. It's very inconsistent now. Like, I would like to see him get back to that because then you add another element to his game. And, okay, maybe he's not putting up 50 points, but maybe you could put him on the wing at certain times and he's a forechecker for you. Maybe he develops into a decent penalty killer. I've been very against them turning this guy into a checker, but if he doesn't ever get this consistency out of his game, he's going to have to develop other parts of his game or he's just another guy. It's true. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can't be good at just one thing and be just okay at it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of, you know, where we are in Morgan Frost and, you know, a lot of the positivity seems like it took a dip, not so much. I think we're still more hopeful than we are. Like, yeah, you know, Frost is going to come back next year and put up 50, 60 points. Like, like we were with Farabee, like we mm-hmm. were with Tippett. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, let's move on a little bit here. And let's get back on that track because, dude, 
Tyson Forrester has been very, very good. Even getting praise from John Tortorella, which is not <laughs> easy to do, especially for a kid, you know. Um, yeah, Tyson Forrester. This, so in camp, Trav, he looked like he was ready f- to break out a little bit this year. I mean, think about him last year. He had a... He looked like a kid, baby fat. You know, he 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 didn't look like he was in shape. He he might have been, but he was just like a you know chubbier looking guy. This year in camp, shredded. He looked like a completely different guy. Like all he did was work out all summer long. Looked great in camp. Um, you know, had a chance to make the Flyers, but like you mentioned, the Flyers are kind of sounds weird to say, but they have a a, a clog at the right wing position. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't necessarily a spot for Forrester it made sense to play him with the Phantoms where he's having a nice year. I think I saw 19 goals, 20 assists and 50 some odd games. Very good year. He's come up impressed. He's got a goal four assists for five points in his first six games in, in the NHL Trav, What do you think? Um, I'll talk about the clog thing real quick. Yeah. That's why I kind of wonder if they end up moving someone the left wing, just because you look at the organizational depth chart, the right wing's a lot stronger than the left wing. Maybe you move a veteran like Atkinson there next season, or maybe you hope one of the snipers can play on their off wing like TK or Tippett. I find that very interesting. I'm, I'm curious what they end up doing there. Maybe someone gets traded. Um, as for Tyson Forster, I actually disagree with you about the camp. I didn't like his camp. Um, I think I might be in a minority there. I'm not sure, but I, I wasn't really impressed with the guy. And it's kind of funny because when they drafted him, everyone talked about how slow he was and how bad of a skater he was. And I never saw the guy play, but I was like, well, none of you other people on Twitter freaking out have ever seen him play either. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's really like, we're going to bash the kid already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I defended him a lot. I've, I defended the pick a lot, but then like I would watch, I haven't watched as many this year as I did last year, but like I, I'd, I'd see him play a little bit, and I really wasn't that impressed. And I, I'm in a minority there. I started like I wasn't as high on him as other fans were. It's funny, like I was up here, all the other fans were down here, and it kind of shifted over time. But I've been extremely impressed with um, the little stint we've seen so far in the NHL this year. I think he could skate. I well, for whatever. I don't know if it's a skating coach or uh, maybe Lappy and his staff has worked on it with him, but he's a much better skater, I think, than what the scouts said he was and the little bit that I saw of him last year. I think he's really improved in that. And that's probably the biggest thing on, is this guy going to be a third liner or does he have the chance to be an elite guy? Um, the shots is advertised. I was able to go to practice a couple of days ago for the first time in a month and he beat Hart twice clean on some nice wrist shots. I was pretty impressed. Um, the goal against the Hurricanes was a beautiful wrist shot. Um, probably needs to continue to add a little muscle this offseason. Um, that would probably be my one criticism that I've seen. Um, kind of inconsistent along the board so far. But very, very, very happy with the skill he showed. I'm impressed with him. Uh, I'm in the, the, the booth the last couple nights and, uh, you know, I'm watching him specifically. I was able to see his first NHL goal, which that was pretty cool. 
I don't know if it's adrenaline. I'm sure a lot of it is adrenaline. I mean, you got, I mean, he's getting his first taste of NHL action, 21 years old, and uh, he's playing well. Um, but he looks quick to me. Like he's getting to pucks, he's blocking shots. He's definitely not out of place. He's actually been somewhat impressive watching him. And, uh, you know, the, the thing you have to be careful of is, like I said, Probably a lot of it's adrenaline right now, but can he do this over an extended period of time? Now, we're not going to get to see that this season because he will be going down uh, back with the Phantoms. I, I, I think I heard was it after next Saturday's weekend? game. OK, yeah. After this after Saturday's game. So, he you know, towards wants him down with the Phantoms to, you know, hopefully win a couple of rounds in the playoffs and get some experience down there with that. But uh, looks like he belongs. And if you hear mm-hmm. towards talk, which this excites me, he's. He said he's trying to temper himself because he's already envisioning him uh, in in where he's going to be in the lineup next season. And he's trying to stop himself from doing that. But, you know, based off what I mean, if Torts is seeing all these good things, there's got to be something like this isn't fool's gold. This isn't Flyers fans pumping themselves up for no reason. Like we've done a lot in the past. If John Tortorella sees a guy that he wants on his roster next year, this kid's probably doing something right, you know? So uh, I'm excited for Forrest. I was excited when they drafted him, honestly. I think they picked 17th that year. And before the draft started, I'm like, hey, if Tyson Forrester's there at 17, I'm taking him. Yeah. And they took him, and, you know, who knows? I don't want to say do you, I'm right do about Do you remember everything. the fan outrage that night? I do. I absolutely yeah. do. I was like, yeah. "Why are we freaking out about this guy? None of you have ever have ever seen play." That was, a, I think, if I remember, that was a pretty a pretty good draft. I don't remember who was out there when they picked him, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw, you know, big body, big framed kid with a hell of a shot. Sign me up. Um, you know, he had to work on his skating, but you can, you can. So here's the thing, because uh, I think as Flyers fans, we're frustrated because it seems like the Flyers draft all these guys, and the first thing you hear is they need to work on their skating. <laughs> You can you can get better at that. You can become a better skater. I mean, once you get to the pro levels too, they they can help with that. I mean, it sounds weird that a hockey player needs to work on his skating, but you can improve that, and I, I think improve it dramatically with if you're working with the right people. If you know if they if they don't have the skill and they can skate, I don't know if you can teach them to, the skill. If they have the skill and they need to work on their skating, you can fix that. You can correct that. You know, does it get annoying that they keep drafting these guys? Sometimes it doesn't work out. Like, uh, what's the Strom? Was it Matt Strom? Yes. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, but, yeah, the skill is there. He's got the best shot in the organization. It's been said. And, uh, you know, if, if he can play like this over an 82-game stretch, they have a player. I mean, at the very least, the third-line guy that can, you know, rip shots on the power play, you know. Uh, he which, has to be on the opening night roster if he's healthy next year, no doubt. I would love to see it. I would love it. Um, all right, so we're going to move off the kids a little bit, but I, I want to mention one more guy here before we get off the hot stretch of play. This guy, ever since he was traded to the Flyers, has been very, very solid, Trav. Five points in six games for Brendan Lemieux. Two goals, three assists. Had another one last night. Um, you know, a, a guy that Rob Blake just seemingly tossed away and Chuck Fletcher said, hey, I'll take him for free. Why not? 
Thanks, Chuck. Like your parting gift, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a guy that looks like he's playing for a contract next year. The Flyers are – they may need uh, a couple guys to play on their fourth line, and we'll get to that in a second, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Tortorella has been too impressed with some of the players who, you know, you might pencil in to next year's fourth line. Brendan Lemieux looks like he could be a guy that, you know, could be playing for a contract. Trev, would you sign him for at least next year? Uh, One-year deal from what I've seen so far, yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned it um, with Forster, kind of like uh, the the whole adrenaline factor. That could be a thing here. Uh, new team, new city. Said he always wanted to play in Philly. He's back with his buddy Tony and Hazy. So that's possible. But you cannot downplay how well he's been. And I'm shocked. When that trade was made, I was very happy. It's like, Okay, well, you're getting a pick for McEwen and a roster player who's also a rental. Like, there's absolutely no foul in this. Like, McEwen, <laughs> McEwen's been healthy, scratched a lot in LA so far. Like, the fact that you were able to get a fifth, a fifth, right? Yeah. The fact that you were able to get a fifth for a guy like Mac, who I like Mac, and that's nothing against him, and your your own rental in Lemieux, I was all for that, even though. I haven't been a big Brendan Lemieux fan. Nothing against the guy. It's just yeah, no, you remember the you Sam be? Moran. <laughs> you, you remember the Sam Moran incident. You remember um, that great picture Heather Berry took of um, Lawton and TK yapping at him. Like yeah. he's just the guy that you don't like. You you want him on your team. You don't want to go against him. He's one of them guys. So as far as as his plays gone. Really good four checker. He's putting up points. You saw my tweet the other night. Um, it was the Hurricanes game where Barry Melrose compared him to Rick Tockett. And then <laughs> was it Barry Melrose that said that? It was. And then John Butchagraw said, Yeah, without the goals. Oh and I started God, laughing my butt off. Dude. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not putting anything out there about Mr. Barry uh, Melrose. He's an absolute legend. But I had I actually, I like met him in person on what was it Saturday they had that ESPN it was, game? It was that day. Ah <laughs> oh, man, there's something going on there with old Bear. I don't think uh, he's all there anymore. Sad to say, it's not it's not really it's not funny, but I didn't know that he was the one that said that about Brendan Lemieux. You know, you'd like to think it was a little bit of sarcasm, but I'm not sure how old he is. Maybe he's getting up there in years, but did not did not seem okay. Like there was something going on there with Mr. Melrose. Hopefully, you know, it's, you know, if it's health related, maybe they can figure it out, but you, you know how, uh, you know, maybe your grandparents or an older person sounds when they're getting up there and they're not always sure exactly where they are kind of thing, or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the impression I got. And, uh, you know, the way, Bucci was talking to him heading out of the stadium. I was like, uh, is Barry all right? And now you're telling me he's the one that said that about the Taka comparison. It's like, yeah, so, man, this could be. Yeah, Bucci Gross cut him off immediately. He said, yeah, without the goals. Yeah, interesting. But, um, interesting. He, he's been very good. And credit to Torts moving him up in the lineup. Um, Lemieux earned it. And let's see where it goes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan. He's made a fan out of me. This guy had three assists in 27 games with Los, Los Angeles. He's got uh, three assists and five points already in six games for the Flyers. Now, the offense obviously will not continue. I think they should sign him for, for a year. 
I would even give him 1.5 because you know why? Come come deadline next year, you you Zach McHugh and him, and you retain you know 750. That means whoever's taking him on, he's only 750 against their cap. You know, I don't know what kind of pick you get for Brendan Lemieux. If he's gonna ha- if he's gonna produce at some level, you know, maybe his career high 17, 18 points. If he has a you know a 10 to 15 points, it's not why you're trading for Brendan Lemieux. You're not trading for for offense, but he's you know, he's a playoff type guy, get under your skin, can kill some penalties, yada yada. I remember um, when he was drafted, I thought he was like the steal of the draft. I think he, he slipped to the second round. He might have been the first pick of the second round, maybe by Winnipeg. Yep. And I was like, dude, they just got a steal. And it just it hasn't played out. Um, but yeah, kind of like you said, if we are rebuilding and we're going to have a lot of kids in the lineup, um, Lemieux's not some big bad enforcer that teams are scared of. But nah. I, you have him and you have Delorier with a bunch of kids. I'm cool with that. Exactly. And for, exactly for that reason. You're not going to count on him for offense, uh, but you don't want anyone taking advantage of your uh, your young guys like like we've seen the last bunch of years. You know, we haven't seen as much of that this year. Uh, I mean, so I mentioned that on Twitter, you know, you're not seeing flyers getting body slammed anymore. And, you know, people are quick to say, yeah, well, what about that huge check on so and so? Dude, clean hits are still allowed. That's been kind of a big topic of late. You know, uh, the fighting after clean hits. I think it's important that if you're a guy like Nick Delorier or uh, Brendan Lemieux, that, you know, you need to be um, conscious of that as well. You can't just be fighting everybody for everything. You know, if somebody lays out Farabee on it with a clean hit, you need to go over to Farabee and say, hey, you know, you might want to keep your head on a swivel out there, whatever it is. If it's a dirty hit, you know, then you need these guys. You don't want anyone taking advantage. Uh, and that's what's been happening the last bunch of years. That, uh, to, in my opinion, it's it's somewhat stopped. You're not seeing the Flyers get embarrassed, get embarrassed physically this season. And you know, to a guy that not everybody wants to give credit to, I'll be more than happy to give some of that credit to Nick Delorier and obviously Nick Sealer as well. Uh, Zach McEwen while he was here, and maybe they bring back a Lemieux for next year. We'll see. Lawton said um, teams have players on other teams have talked to him and said. You guys are a lot tougher to play this year than you were last. There you go. And and that matters. It's a respect thing. Now, I had an interesting conversation with Colin Newby of uh, the Hockey News up in Press Row. Uh, I think it was Friday or Saturday. It was Saturday. And so we're going to have Colin on the show sometime in the near future. And we'll have this conversation again for, for everyone to hear. But Colin mentioned how... He doesn't so much buy into the tougher to play against thing. Like, sure, like it could be real, but the point total is similar to last year around this point. You know what I mean? And he had a, a really good point, I think, because what you know, what what does it matter if you're harder to play against if you're gonna have the same amount of points, if you're gonna have the same result? You know, the thing that's missing from the team is high-end talent. And I agreed. But I think from my perspective uh, is remember watching the Flyers last year, like you could think of a million other things you'd rather do than watch the Flyers this year. I look forward to watching them, even though I know there's a high probability that they're going to lose. I look forward to watching the Flyers again because of the way that they play. And I can't hold it against the team that the GM, whoever you want to pin the blame on, 
didn't go out and bring in high end talent. I can't hold it against them. These guys are playing their asses off. I want to watch them. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, well, I agree with you, but as far as like the hard to play against, I think I'm kind of in the middle. I think it matters, but I also think it's overrated to a stretch. Sure. I want guys like Tom Wilson and Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk, um, prime Wayne Simmons, prime Rick Tockett, like them kind of guys. That's where I want my toughness. I don't really want the fourth line enforcers anymore. Now, some teams have it. You know, you look at Revo, you look at McDermott in uh, Colorado. Um, the Rangers went to the Eastern Conference Final with Reeves last year. So there are some teams that it has worked on, but most of the teams you look at don't really have a guy like that anymore. They have the Tom Wilsons. They have the power forwards that bring the toughness in your top six. No, you're right. And, and you know, that's kind of the same sentiment – Colin had where he, he said he thinks it's a little bit overrated, you know, the tougher to play against. Uh, so I thought it was interesting, interesting conversation to have. We'll have to have Colin on uh, in the future and, and sit down and have that conversation on the show. Uh, all right. So let's move on a little bit here. Cause this is an interesting part of the show here. Let me see if I can find uh -oh. our clips. So John Tortorella was asked about Tanner Lazinski the other day. And, you know, I just mentioned that the flyers might need to fill a couple spots <laughs> on the fourth line. And, and here's why let's listen to what John had to say about uh, Tanner Lazinski. Tanner Lazinski was out for a long stretch of injury. Uh, Who? Lazinski. Yeah. Um, kind of working his way you know, back in the injury. Um, have you seen progress with him? Since no, 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 I haven't. I haven't seen whether injured or not. Uh, I didn't see it before he was injured. I, I just need to see more. That's rough. That's, I completely agree with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as a player, absolutely not what you want to hear. Um, or maybe, maybe it's what you need to hear to get going here. I know. So Tanner just had a kid. I know that's kind of uh, the excuse that we've used for players in the past. I'm thinking TK, you know, whoever else Tanner just had a kid this year. Shouldn't, so here's something I've been working on with these guys is they're human, right? If you have a kid, you're going to have a lot of late nights, early mornings kind of thing, maybe some stress. Um, on the flip side of that, these guys are professionals. This is the NHL. You need to produce. You need to perform. And uh, what did you think about Tortorella's comments? Uh, completely agreed with him. Um, like you said, he's a human. Um, I've never really used the baby thing as an excuse. I, he's a professional hockey player. You got to come and you got to give it your all. Um, I never really been impressed with the guy to be completely honest. Even the games I saw, he played a little bit with the flyers last year. Never really saw much Played with the phantoms a little bit last year. Never really saw much. He did have a nice in between the legs goal. Hmm. And it's like, well, everyone else is kind of freaking out. I'm like, well, that's like, <laughs> that's it. You know? Yeah. I've never been impressed with the guy. I don't think he's an NHL player. Um, could he be? Maybe, but I don't think it'll happen. No, nah, I think just feels like there's been too many chances and there's always something that happens. What, what is, does he do well? So he's, he's literally, and it sucks to say it like this, but he's a guy. You know, he, he's supposed to be a, a good two-way forward with 
potential offensive upside. And by offensive upside, I mean for, you know, potential third line guy. I think what we're seeing from Noah Cates, but to a lesser extent. Does that, does that kind of help you out at all? I get what you're saying. I just – I don't see any skating there, any shooting. I don't see yeah. him dangling past guys in the neutral zone. Uh, face-off ability doesn't stick out. He's not a checker. Yeah, and that, those are the unfortunate parts because it's all true. I, I I don't see what he brings to a hockey team, at least yeah. if you're on a fourth – like Patty Brown. I actually kind of liked Patty Brown. I thought he was a fine fourth-line center. He'd block shots for you, decent penalty killer, really good on the draws. Like, you can get by with that in the NHL. Like, Lazinski doesn't do any of that. I don't see anything from Lazinski. Um, yeah, and, and that's the unfortunate part because I like him. You know, I'm a little biased. He came on the show over the summer. Oh, nice okay, kid. okay. I kind apologize. Of, <laughs> no, you don't apologize. I mean, part of, you know, part of this is keeping it real, you know. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I'm not going to come on here. And, and I mean, I don't really come on here and bash bash anybody in a, in a mean-spirited kind of way. But, uh, you know, I'll keep it real with Lazinski. I was hoping to see more from, from Tanner. I know Tortorella was as well. It'll be interesting because he's signed for next year. Uh, I got to – let me just make sure here. I think some of these guys were signed to the weird, you know, one-way, then two-way deal. Yeah. Yep. And I want to say that he's one of those guys. So he is signed for next season. Just bear with me a second here. But I don't see any two-way. Yeah, he might have been two-year or two-way this year, one-way next. Yeah, so he's 25 this year. and Yeah, I don't see anything about two-way anywhere. So he comes with a 750K cap hit, uh, and his cap is 762000 for – I'm sorry, that's for this year, 2022-2023. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not really helping anybody out here, but he's signed – he's definitely signed for next year for – Well, he'll, he'll have the same cap hit next year then. Same cap, yeah. I'm just not sure about the two-way thing. I, I I had thought that he was one of those guys. I know Nick Sealer is, and that, the whole holdup with uh, – I, I think he was the opposite of Sealer, though. Sealer was one way this year, two-way next. Oh, I think okay. he's the opposite. And then help me out with this because we were having a discussion. The If you're signed to a two-way contract, that only does that only affect like the salary? Like If you get sent down to the AHL, obviously you'll be making less money. I think it's like yes. I don't know, 250K. Um, but can you just freely, you know, send a guy down and call him up whenever you want on a two-way deal, or that's only for purely no. money? Okay. No, it's it's only money. Like, yeah, I think I think the where this gets confused is because the NHL video games. At least when I was growing up, that's what I thought. What you're saying, if you're on a one-way, you're an NHL guy, or you have to go down, you have to go through waivers to get sent down. That's not the case. If you're on a two-way. That only affects your salary. That means you have an NHL salary and you have an AHL salary. And obviously your AHL salary is a lot less. Um, so every guy down on a two way deal, he can be claimed. Yes. He, okay. He's not wait or he is waiver eligible now oh, um, okay. that that all comes down to age games played. And when you signed your contract, every guy's different. I'd have to look it up to see exactly what his situation is. Um, 
But yeah, he would have to go through waivers next season. I know that. Okay. Interesting stuff there. All right. Good to know. Um, so yeah, Tanner Lazinski, you know, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I, I can't see another NHL team giving him a shot based on this season, you know, so be interesting to see flyers might have a couple vacancies on their fourth mm-hmm. line. So, all right. So, but that wasn't all, there was a little bit more towards the end of that press conference from John Tortorella. I'm going to play the clip now. Um, if you're listening, uh, live, I hope you can hear it. If not, I'll make sure I uh, have this edited up for the show when it comes out as a podcast. Here's the clip. I'm looking at some of the encouraging things, and, and that comes to our young players and, and, and where some of them have grown and some of them haven't. Uh, uh, some of the, the veteran guys haven't. Um, so that will be discussed. But for, for me, the next, the next step with, with this organization is uh, – you don't start adding players until you subtract players. I think there needs to be some subtraction. And those will be in discussions at the end of the year. Interesting, right? So I think everyone's kind of excited for the this offseason because there's going to be changes. Now, based off that, Trav, and what we heard from Tortorella last night, I, I didn't have I don't have the post-game clip from last night. But it didn't sound like they're going to tear things down to the absolute studs, which is what a lot of fans are hoping for. Sounds like Tortorella thinks they have a core here, and a lot of the players that we already talked about in this episode are part of that core. Sounds like he wants to build, you know, from the back, which I'm talking, you know, third and fourth line. Wants to fill it out with some PKers. In that quote, he talked about subtraction. When you hear subtraction, who are the first players that come to your mind? Uh, Ivan Provorov and Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Uh, we've been hearing over a year now about Ivan Provorov and all the different rumors. We've heard St. Louis and Vegas and Toronto and L.A. Um, maybe he doesn't want to be here. There's been little rumblings of that. Could very well be true. Um, similar thing with Kevin Hayes. You got his best friend, Ryan Whitney saying on spitting chicklets. Oh, I heard he was going to Carolina at the deadline and the owner next the deal. Hmm. You hear the two biggest insiders out there, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. They keep, they keep saying Columbus, something's going on there. And I'm going to say it, the timeline, um, the timeline of this rebuild, Kevin Hayes doesn't fit. I don't know how old Kevin Hayes is off the top of my head. He's over 30, though, correct? Or maybe he's 30 on the dot? Let me make um, sure. I think he might be right, 30 on the dot. Let me just check. I have it up here. But uh, go ahead. Keep going. So yeah, he's 30 on the dot. You're correct. 30 Sorry. on the dot. So let's say the Flyers rebuild for two or three years. He is 22, 23. It just doesn't really make sense to hold on to a guy who's of that age who's going to start to be on the decline. And I kind of see him – not to get too off track here, but I kind of see him kind of as he gets older being what JVR is just kind of one dimensional and slow out there and can't keep up. And I don't see him having too long of a career to be completely honest with you. Um, so I think it is really smart to trade Kevin Hayes this off season if the deal makes sense. But I do want to say this Kevin Hayes is a good player and he gets a lot of crap in this town for, 
I guess it's because the cap hit, and I won't disagree with that. He is overpaid. He he makes more than he brings on the ice. Um, but Kevin Hayes is a solid hockey player. He has his flaws. He's not fast. Um, he's prone to the turnover. We, you know, he's kind of like Voracek in that sense. He he waits an extra second to try to make the perfect pass because of how good of a natural playmaker he is. But when you wait that extra second, you know, the good defensemen in this league, they're going to intercept that pass and take it the other way. Um, not to mention the defense and the forechecking and all that that leaves you to be desired. Kevin Hayes is a good player. He puts up points. Um, so in that sense, he does put up points in whatever role he's in. Um, I don't want to just retain 50% get a second round pick, maybe you get a first, then I'd be interested. We'll see what the case is, but um, you have to win, not win that deal, but you have to make a smart trade there just because you're probably going to have to eat money. And depending on the money you eat, you're probably not going to be able to replace his production. If you have to eat 50% of Kevin Hayes' deal, you're not getting a good of a player as Kevin Hayes' for three and a half million, 3.6, whatever the exact number is. Now, maybe it doesn't matter because maybe Danny Breer thinks this is a three-year timeline. Okay. Maybe that, maybe that's in his head. And then it's like, well, we can eat the dead money for the rest of his deal because we're going to be irrelevant and we're going to be at the uh, cap floor anyway. So eating money's only going to help us. I actually think when Chuck traded for Rista Linen, he should have made Buffalo eat 50% of that contract just because it, it made sense for both sides. Buffalo was so under the cap. If they have an extra 3 million there, it actually helps them out. Maybe you have to throw in a later round pick, but that's part of Chuck Fletcher not being very creative. Hopefully no. we don't have to talk about that much anymore. Uh, we um, will. I'm sure we'll be talking about until the flyers are good again. I mean, how if some of these players that he drafted, Paying out, we'll be talking about Chuck Fletcher for a little while here. I mean, yeah. We're still talking about Hextall, you know, <laughs> that is, Anheim and uh, Konechny. So, but I agree with you. I think for me, for and this this is the new taboo word timeline. For me, I'm looking at Tortorella. Tortorella's here for three years. You got to get something going within those three years, right? Like, so that's why the the trade Carter Hart stuff doesn't make sense to me. It's like okay. This is year one, you know, it's, we're going to have one more off season of, you know, potential, I don't want to call next year evaluation. This year was the big evaluation year. A lot of young kids stepped up and all of a sudden it looks like they could have a, a core of some skill guys. That doesn't mean that they don't need to add more, but this off season is going to kind of be the smaller, the smaller, I mean, they're making subtractions, but smaller additions. We're, I don't think anyone's going to, nobody's mouth is going to drop over the guys that they could bring in this summer, if they bring in any at all, you know, but they're going to be guys that can do the tough things. So that guys like, Oh, and Tippett don't need to play on the PK. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Uh, they can focus on the offensive side of the game. Cause do you, I mean, do we really care if Owen Tippett's a good two way forward? No, I would like to see him score 30, 35 goals. You know what I'm, do you know what I mean? Bring in a guy that doesn't mind blocking five shots at night on the, on the PK. Uh, he, he, Tortorella mentioned that specifically. So Florida raced out to a seven nothing shot advantage last night. A lot of those shots came on the power on their power play. 
which Tortorella mentioned, we need to stop giving up so many chances on the PK. He's looking at that specifically. You know, if you can shore that up, you could be tougher to play against, uh, and some of these skill guys can take somewhat of a step. You know, they they could potentially be bubble next year for the, for for playoffs. I don't think I don't think rebuild means what a lot of people think it means right now, Trav. You know, so. Like, yeah. I disagree with you as far as maybe a bubble next year. When I hear Danny Briere come out and say, I want to be honest with the fans, this this is a rebuild. What what I think is that we're gonna keep we're not we're not gonna tear it down. Yeah. But we're gonna keep York, we're gonna keep Tippett, we're gonna keep Frost, Joel, um Allison, them kind of guys. But Going to look to trade Provorov. Going to look to trade Sanheim. Um, risk the line and like the veteran guys. Um, and maybe see. I don't know what to make about the Carter Hart stuff, but <sighs> yeah, I don't know. But the way I see it is, you keep you know. Work. I feel like you know some. I wish I did. <laughs> I've been trying all week for the last two weeks since I got back. I haven't been able to dig up anything. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't see them being good this year. Like we, you kind of look at the way Tortorella's career has progressed everywhere he's been besides Vancouver. It's like that first year they were really bad. He weeded the guys out second year. They took a step and they kept climbing up and up. I wonder if they're really bad again, like for the next two years. Mm. I wonder when I hear Danny Briere talk in his press conference, that's what came to my mind. That's what came to mind too. And then I kind of heard Torts talk, and I'm not that I'm already assuming there's a, a battle going back and forth, but I'm wondering if there's potentially a difference in in philosophy. Hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas Torts is like, well. They just put in all this work year one to change all these players and, you know, the, the chemistry and the culture, yada, yada. Put in a year's worth of work. If Briere comes in and starts blowing things up, and by blowing things up, I don't mean, you know, just trade one or two guys. If he really goes, flies off the handle and, you know, gets rid of everybody, we're back at square one next year for all that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... Just from listening to Torts and listening to Briere, somewhat sounds almost, if I want to read into both of what they said, I, you could argue that they're contradicting each other a little bit because what Torts is saying doesn't sound like rebuild to me. You know, if you subtract from a team, you know, that's, that's one thing. You know, it's, it didn't sound like he wanted to subtract the same amount that Briere was talking about when he said, you know, this is going to be a thing. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. So I'll be interested to hear, you know, in more press conferences and I'll be listening to what these guys say, you know, when they talk and guess we'll have to get Danny Breer on the show. I guess we will have to do a (laughs) follow-up. Now that you are the interim GM, you know, you said this last year, what did you mean when you said rebuild? Um, Yeah, it'd be interesting. So uh, I'll be be watching for that. We're a little bit over an hour here. We do have one more topic that we wanted to get to. 
I've been saying all year long, I don't think this guy plays again. And if he does, I don't think it's going to be for very long. Sean Couturier, not only skating, but practicing with the team and kind of ramping it up a little bit, Trav. You you actually got to watch him practice a couple of days ago. Why don't you talk about Coots? Best player on the ice when wow. I was there. Not exaggerating. Best player on the ice. I'm right there with you. I didn't think this guy was ever going to play again. We've both heard some things. I don't want to get into it too much, but the injury is more serious than the team was leading on. Um, I still believe that 100% is true, but the guy's a battler and he's a hockey player and he wants to continue to play and he's given it his all and you have to give him credit for that. And I couldn't believe it. He was winning every board battle, every battle in the corner he was coming off with the puck with. I couldn't believe it. Stripping pucks, wheeling it around the net. I was so impressed with him the other day. Sniped a couple goals, rang a couple bars over Carter Hart's glove. I was really impressed. Um, I'm curious whether you think he should play this season. So, If he can. If he can. If he feels I, he can. I'm not as strongly against it as I was. I'm still against it. If if he wants to play and the doctors don't think that there's any way, you know, unless, you know, a freak thing happens where he gets absolutely mauled, if they don't think that he can get hurt, you know, if, if they think there's a high percentage chance that he's not going to re-injure whatever is hurt, then okay. Let him get in absolute max four or five games, no more than that. You know, I want it to be at the end of the year when the games absolutely don't matter. I mean, let's say, for example, they're going to be playing um, the Carolina Hurricanes or Florida Panthers. He doesn't need to play against those teams. Those are teams battling for playoff positioning, yada, yada. Doesn't need to be in those games. You know, if they're playing the Montreal Canadiens, they're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, where, you know, you would assume those teams are kind of, you know, mailing it in as well. You know, just let him get his legs under him kind of thing. Don't take any hits. You know, it's it's not in their nature to, I think, well, can't speak for all these guys, but it's not in Sean Couturier's nature to shy away from physicality. So it's something he's going to have to be conscious of. So I understand why you want him to get in a couple games. Some people do you know, get his confidence up, this and that. But I, I'm still not on board with it. I'm I'm like, okay, like if, if he wants to play, fine. But um, I can't say that I'm like, yeah, yeah, get Coots in, you know. What about you? Yeah, kind of what you said. Um, I do want him to play just for his own mental being. It, exactly what you said. If the doctors don't think anything else can – if it, if it can't get worse, because um, I don't think this injury ever goes away, if it can't get worse by him playing and he feels good enough to play, I would like him to play. Now maybe do it a little bit NBA style and pick your spots and the, the load management. Yeah. Like you said, do not play him against the playoff teams. Either they've already clinched and they're resting their guys or right. you know, you're going against teams that are way out of it. Do that. No back-to-backs, nothing like that. Limit his ice time. Um, but I would like to see him on the ice this year. Yeah, and you know, like he's he's their best player. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it would, maybe he comes in and he scores a goal, something like that. You know, expectations are low because I mean the guy didn't have a camp and he's been rehabbing most of the years, undergone two back surgeries. 
I don't think he's going to come in and we should be expecting, you know, 17, 18 minutes a night out of Couturier, maybe like 9, 10, 11, just to give him, get his feet wet a little bit, get his legs back onto him, uh, maybe rip a couple shots and maybe he gets one, you know, let him go into the offseason on a high note. But I, I would be just, I would be very, like, like pick my spots, you know what I mean? Like, don't play him against any like Radko Gudis type guys that they, you know might. And not saying that they what a would fight take a last run. night. Oh yeah, not <laughs> not that they would take a run at him on purpose, but but you know what I mean. Like these guys aren't always thinking about who they're hitting, kind of deal, you know. Well, Gudis injured him a couple years ago in practice. Yeah, remember that. yeah that that's what I mean. Like, it's like not to call him, like he's not stupid, but in the heat of the moment. It's it's like a it's a reaction. It's a reactionary sport. You know, you see a guy in a position where you're supposed to hit him, your body reacts before your mind does. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's I don't know if that's the chance I want to take with Couturier in, in meaningless games when you know he's got the whole offseason ahead of him to, to gain strength, to build up strength, to you know get ready for next year's training camp. If he if he gets hurt and he's going to miss you know part of the summer again. Uh, I'll be pissed off for sure because it didn't need to happen, you know? See, so. my wonder is from things I've heard about this injury, I don't think you pen even if he plays this year or he doesn't, I don't I don't see how you can pencil him in your lineup next year. It's very true. Very true. So I don't I don't know if it matters. I'm wondering if and this is kind of just between well, it's between me and you and everyone that's watching and listening. <laughs> I wonder if Tortorella knows specifically what's going on with Couturier because what we've all been told, you know, you and I, we, you know, we heard something different before the Flyers, like months before the Flyers ever announced anything. And I think, you know, we've kind of stuck with that, you know, and what the Flyers have said, what's transpired after hasn't really matched up with what they said. It's it's all been kind of weird, you know. They've had to go in. It's gone along exactly what we've heard. <laughs> right? Yeah. With like something flared up. Like okay, to me, and I'm sure you know a lot of doctors and whoever listening can, you know, can tell me differently. But when I hear something flares up, I'm like, okay, well, the only time something flares up is when there's chronic, you know, a chronic injury. You know, or whereas if I get surgery on something, they fix it and I re-injure it. It's a re-injury. Do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. not flaring up. It's because, you know, I, I heard it again. So when I hear flare up, I'm like, a flare up can only be from something that's chronically injured. So I'm just curious. You know, you have to pay attention to the words that they use. And like I said, if, if you have experience in the medical field, please tell me I'm wrong. Use the, use the comments or Twitter, you know, whatever it is. You can comment on Spotify for podcasters now. Uh, leave a comment. Tell me, Jim, you're wrong. Or go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell me I'm wrong there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I enjoy being wrong. I like to learn. So, yeah, let me know. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, Trav, uh, did we cover everything for the show? You have anything that you want to sneak in here at the end? Did you do any uh, flyers uh, playing, uh, you know, around the world or whatever we want to call that? Uh, as far as I think the one week we had Mazzaro still playing, he just retired. Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> I right. look. Um, Fair enough. 
Yeah, I don't really have anything um, in that perspective. Fantasy hockey um, got into the playoffs by the skin of my teeth. I've never missed. I've been playing fantasy for, I want to say nine years, fantasy hockey for nine years, and I've never missed the playoffs. And this year was looking really rough. Um, I had to win last week. My playoffs started this week. Had to win last week. Went on an absolute tear to end the season. Uh, One, two, three, four. Won five out of my last six. Um, Put myself in a good spot, but I needed to win last week. I did put up 305, highest score in the league. Clutch. Yep, clutched it up. Um, so got in the playoffs by the skin of my teeth. Thank, thank God. And I actually, this is like my least favorite team I've ever had. Like I'll have weeks where I score the highest in the league. And then the next week I scored the lowest. Like my yeah. team is so inconsistent. Um, across the fantasy. Right. But uh, I got 69 points right now, losing 93 to 69. But we got in and hopefully we can do, do well the rest of the week. You got some work to do this weekend coming up then so i was in the league on fan tracks the dynasty league i'm in where uh our playoffs started last week and uh i went up against my brother who uh finished with the best record in the league i beat him you know twice this year okay figured it was going to be tough to beat him a third time but i liked my chances i had the leafs playing four nights i had jack hughes and evgeny malkin playing you know, on off nights, three times in the week. So I had seven nights of pretty good, you know, offensive players starting. Mm-hmm. Now, Alexander Georgiev was my top goalie. After that, it's a mess. I think uh-huh. I started Craig Anderson against the Flyers. I started uh, Yaroslav Halak on Sunday. He got a shutout, but I'm starting Yaroslav Halak in the playoffs yeah. is my point. So anyway, not only did I start Craig Anderson on, I think it was Friday night, and I, I had a pretty good shot going into the weekend. But my brother started Owen Tippett, who had a hat trick against Craig Anderson. So it wasn't enough to where I had a negative point for for a goalie, but I went up against Owen Tippett, who scored 50 points. Mm -hmm. The next night, I went up against Brandon, or or is it Brandon or Brendan? Hagel. I think it's Brandon Hagel. Yeah, yep. With a hat trick. So now two hat tricks in a row I'm up against. And I'm like, man, I need a miracle for Sunday because I'm still down by less than 100 points. And believe it or not, in this league, if you have a you – can, you can put up a 125-point night and the other guy can put up a 20-point night, somewhat uh, common. The third day in a row, he, he gets another hat trick. Jack Eichel puts up a hat trick. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Owen Tippett hat trick, Brandon Hagel hat trick, Jack Eichel hat trick. Jim's out of the playoffs. Three hat tricks wow. against. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> That's wild. Three friggin' hat tricks I went up against. I mean, you don't <laughs> normally. You, you, it's very rare that you go up against one hat trick. Mm-hmm. I, I went up against three, and that's pretty much a death sentence in this league. So yeah, I'm I'm out of that uh, the fan tracks playoffs there. I think we still have an ESPN playoffs going, and there you go. I don't know how we set up this league because we're in the second week of the playoffs, but we're still have the same opponent. It's sixteen team league, only four teams made the playoffs. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. So yeah, but I'm there. I'm in. I'm right there. Somehow, yeah. I don't. Know I, I'm the point. commissioner of our ESPN league, and my my buddy. This was a couple weeks ago. It had no playoff implications, but uh, he tied someone, and we have like very um, specific scoring, like. 
you know, you get three for a goal, two for assist, but then it's like 0.2 for a hit, 0.2 for a block uh, shot, yeah, yeah. 0.1 for a shot on goal. He ended up tying someone. We haven't seen a tie in a while. Well, then like two days later, they took his tie away and gave him a loss. Wow. <laughs> he, he ended up losing by 0.1. So I guess the NHL went back and took away someone's shot on goal. See, that's what makes that so tough when you do the some of those stats like that. Yep. That was the first time we've had that. But he he thought I rigged it because I wanted <laughs> him to lose because he's the number one team in the league and I've been shitting on him. He, I'm oh, like, he still dude, made the what? playoffs, though. Oh, yeah. He was first seed, I think. Huh. Um, but I was like, dude, it would have showed up in the recent activity that I changed the, the score. Right, right, right. It right. wasn't wow, really lack down. of trust there, huh? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Well, this is an ESPN league? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can go back and check that. Well, good luck to you the, the rest of the weekend. Uh, I uh, you can pull out a win. I have one more thing. We oh, have man. just in on the last topic we were talking, Sean Couturier. Zach Ronaldo gave his input. Hmm. I think it's a huge step for him if he comes back and plays a couple games. He's worked so hard to rehab and get back to this point. Playing some games will be a reward for his hard work, all the power to him. So a little player perspective there. Yeah, there you go. And it makes sense, you know, if you're going to bust your ass all year to come back. I assume he, you know, he thought he was playing this season. Yeah. Right? Like, they came out and said, like, a couple days before camp started that he was going to be <laughs> out indefinitely or something, right? Well. It seems like forever ago now. Yeah, he was going to have, he had a setback, right? And he was going to have another surgery. Yeah. And all the big guys were reporting a couple months. And then. I remember he was skating in December, and then I kind of hinted on here, hey, I heard he had another setback. Yep. Turns out he did because he didn't skate for two months. But I, I was kind of mad nobody asked Fletcher about that. Nothing. We didn't um, hear anything about it. Because when Fletcher gave that three- to four-month timeline, okay, well, that should have been end of January, end of February. That's when the media is supposed to start asking for updates, yep. and nobody ever did. Nope. And then it's like, oh, look at that. Sean Couturier skated for the first time in two months. And that was a couple of weeks ago. But I don't know. That kind of bugged me. But the Not whole sure. situation's been uh, the Flyers organizations lied to the media and the fans. I'll say that. No, it's true. That's, there's no other way you can put it. You know, they, they gave a three, four month timeline. Three, four month timeline came and went. You know, I think I'm, I'm a, I think I even mentioned something on uh, Twitter like, hey, like, this is the three-month timeline. It's come and gone. I guess we're looking more like four months. And if it is four months, he'll be back right around now, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they never announced it. And then it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll speculate then because if he does start skating now, which he is, there's the argument, should he play? And that's that's kind of what we're doing, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, can't, I honestly can't believe that we're in this situation because – I was shocked when we were going into training camp and it sounded like he was good to go. I couldn't believe it. And yeah, then he ended up having the setback and I'm like, ah, oh, well, he's not playing. No. And then they're like, ah, oh, three to four months. And I'm still like, ah, oh, he's not playing. And then heard he stopped skating. And I'm like, okay, he's not, he's not playing. Like I, I, I've, I've been on this for like a year. He's not playing, but I, I just can't believe we're at this point where he really might. I hope I hope he does, and I hope mm -hmm. he's healthy, and I hope he feels good about himself. I want all all good things for for Sean Couturier and the rest of these guys, but I just I'm, I'm just like I'm not a hundred percent like yes, 
go play and you know do your thing because i'm like don't want you to get hurt man you'd be a huge piece if you came in healthy next year with a whole off season so that's kind of my thing there but we uh, made it a, an hour and 20 minutes tonight. Everyone who stayed and hung out for the entire episode, thank you so much. Uh, we are going to end this episode. Make sure you check out our ticker down there. Subscribe to High and Wide Radio on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Visit hwhockey.net for all your Flyers news uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Twitter, we are at FlyersHW. And, yeah, make sure you go subscribe, set an alert. Trav, you want to toss out your Twitter handle? Maybe we should start doing uh, that from now on. Good call. Travi Ballin 26, T-R-A-V-I-E, B-A-L-L-I-N, 26. Yep, give Travis a follow. All Philly sports stuff on that TL. You guys will love it. And then, uh, yes, yeah, give me a follow. Don't give me a follow. I'm at Jim Ike, I-K-E-H-W on Twitter. And I uh, look, look forward to talking with you guys uh, soon. We'll be back next week for another episode. Hopefully Jack will be back. But for Travis, I'm Jim. Everybody enjoy the rest of your night. Have a safe weekend and let's go Flyers.